Hi there and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergos Now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and my guest today is our Chief Investment Officer Till Christian Budelmann. Welcome Till. Hi Aurelia. Lovely to have you. What are we about to talk about today? Yes, I thought after you and I last recorded two Bergos Now episodes that dealt with the German election that we should take a look at the overall macroeconomic situation today again. And of course, that means we will also talk about inflation and the behavior of the central banks and what all of this means for our capital market strategy and the investments of our clients. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So we're going to take a good roundup of various topics. What would be a roundup without politics, though? And I know you're the best person to ask, um, yeah, what's the political situation worldwide? I know, big question. But I'm going to dare to ask you, as I know that you're deep into politi politics and political issues. So with a little smile, Till, would you mind what's going on in the world? First of all, that's very kind. <laughs> and of course, I give an overview. Just one sentence about the results of the German election today. Mm -hmm. It does not pose any risks to the global economy since R2G, a coalition of the red SPD, the Greens, and the dark red left party has been averted. Mm -hmm. Today, we should concentrate on other regions. In China, for example, a relevant shift appears to be underway. Regulation is moving to the forefront, affecting various sectors. Moreover, investors are increasingly worried about the problems concerning property developer Evergrande. Mm. We do not believe that this poses a risk to the financial stability of China as a whole or even the world. However, this affair has a potential to slow down economic growth in China and Asia as a whole. And in the United States, we see a risk in the battle over increasing the debt limit, which bears watching. The downside to the tight balance of power in the House and Senate, which is something markets usually like, in case of a Democratic president, mm. is becoming apparent now. Not only Republicans and Democrats are at odds with each other, but members of the different caucuses within the Democratic Party are blocking a resolution. And this disunity is compounded by the need to increase the debt limit and to finance the planned infrastructure package at the same time. And a solution must be found until December, early January latest, But we are confident that in the end, a solution will be found in time. But there is and will be lots of political noise, something markets usually don't like. Mm. Fantastic, Till. But I guess really the topic of the hour, if you will, is inflation. Would you mind starting with a few more words on that topic, please? Of course. First of all, we think the US Federal Reserve is underestimating inflation. Inflation is presenting a serious risk. Mm -hmm. We expect that the U.S. inflation rate will reach 4.5% this year, mm. followed by 3 to 4% next year. Mm -hmm. By comparison, our Eurozone forecasts are much lower at around at least 2% for both years. And I think the U.S. Federal Reserve, as I just said, is underestimating the inflation dynamic in its public narrative. Mm. It continues to believe that higher inflation is largely transitory and that the inflation rate will quickly fall back in the direction of its 2% target. Indeed, we share the view that exceptional 
factors such as the base effect behind the rise in oil prices and the pent-up demand effect after the corona crisis will eventually subside and supply bottlenecks will be resolved. However, we believe that the US inflation rate will initially settle in at up to 3% instead of 2%. Mm -hmm. And in such a case, the US central bank really should react to it. Everyone knows once inflation gets started, it is hard to stop and it takes some time before measures actually work. That being said, we believe that central banks are remarkably tolerant of inflation so that monetary policy is likely to remain extremely expensive. In the United States, the Fed's tapering could be followed by an interest rate hike next year, but even then, interest rates would still be extremely low. And I also would like to stress the point that the Fed is paying too much attention to financial markets. In the past, central banks have backtracked quickly whenever their pronouncements triggered volatility in the capital markets. And it would not be good to abstain from doing what is necessary. Central bankers should, at least in my view, be able to tolerate some volatility. Till you can't right inflation without central banks of course i know um could you explain a term for me a bit more in depth please because i think um you know we hear this a lot and maybe for you know some listeners who are not regularly dealing with these kinds of topics it might be worth explaining this a bit it's dual mandate um what does that mean and especially um for about a year ago there have been some adjustments about this topic could you could you go a bit more into detail there of course the us fed has what you just mentioned this dual mandate and it means it is supposed to ensure stable prices and high employment mm -hmm. But with its new monetary policy strategy, it shifted the focus toward employment policy in August of last year. Mm -hmm. The Fed's new strategic plan prioritized maximum employment and favored higher inflation mm -hmm. to make up for the sub-2% inflation in the recent years before COVID. And this new strategy incorporated asymmetries on both its employment and inflation mandates and materially de-emphasized its historic strategy of preemptive tightening if it anticipated rising inflation. And we worry that the implementation of this new strategy has led the Fed to maintain its ultra-easy monetary policies for too long. And that's one more reason why we believe that the inflation risks are to the upside. Mm -hmm. Well, till in that regard, let me chain on right away another sort of a request for clarification. Uh, another word that we hear a lot at the moment is stagflation. What does that mean? Stagflation means inflation mm -hmm. paired with stagnant economic output for a longer period of time. But I have to tell you, we do not see that risk of lasting stagflation. Mm -hmm. We are seeing only slight signs of such a stagflation right now due to the fact that growth is faltering somewhat. A touch of inflation, as we just wrote in our new market commentary. Fundamentally, however, we anticipate strong economic growth. The Bergos forecast for the US economy call for growth of 
2021, followed by 4.0% for next year. And over the same period, the Eurozone economy is expected to grow by 4.7% and 5.0% respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and bond yields, when we talk about um, um, inflation, obviously it's, it's connected with the rise of bond yields. Um, they are directly uh, impacted by the behavior of central banks, obviously. For example, the yields uh, of 10-year U.S. Treasuries have risen of late. And while this rise has somewhat lessened the relative attractiveness of equities over bonds, the so-called yield gap of equities versus bonds is still above its uh, historical average. And um, yeah, the value of U.S. blue chip stocks has doubled since the low in March 2020. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. But companies, on the other hand, have also reported strong profits. So consequently, the price earnings ratio of the S&P 500 index has been relatively constant since the beginning of the year. Awesome. Till end, of course, I will have to ask you the one question that we're here for. (laughs) What does this mean for the market and, of course, for the investors? That's the reason why we are doing this here. Exactly. To always ask what does this mean for market participants and especially our clients. Yeah, as I said, we expect bond yields to rise and that's the reason why we prefer short duration bonds which are less sensitive to interest rate changes. That applies for Europe and even more for the United States. And despite higher bond yields, stocks remain the more attractive asset class. Our call remains to focus on real asset And that obviously includes stocks and, by the way, gold. And within the asset class equities, we are underweighted emerging markets, including China. Mm -hmm. And you know we were overweighted in China and Asia at the start of the year. We have kept European equities neutral and U.S. equities are still, or should I say, of course, uh, overweighted. You know, we have this call in place for a long time now. Mm. But we check on this, obviously, on a regular basis and we are still overweight um, U.S. equities. And we now have a new overweight in place, Japan. Japan was a big underperformer in the past years. However, we now observe encouraging developments relative to the coronavirus situation and corporate profits, as well as growing optimism for better economic policy after the announced retirement of the prime minister. And in addition, we believe Japan's cyclically orientated market could benefit from higher yields in the U.S. And as for sectors, you know, we always look at regions and then sectors. As for sectors, we continue to like structural winners, particularly in the sectors of communication and technology. Just look at the blowout earnings of Alphabet and Microsoft of this week. And then we add cyclicals for diversification and defensive value stocks in the sectors of consumer staples, utilities, and real estate remain underweighted. Mm -hmm. And one last thing at the end. Despite the sharp increase in equity prices since March last year, market sentiment is still far from euphoric. It can be described as relatively neutral and more or less at levels seen three months ago. Mm -hmm. And based on this, coupled with attractive relative valuations compared to other asset classes, we are still upbeat about equities on a long-term basis, 
despite all the risks we discussed today. On the other hand, this is not the time to call for the typical year-end rally. We will proceed cautiously in the coming weeks. Wonderful. So you're looking at me like that was the final statement of this That's podcast. Correct. Wonderful. That was quite the roundup. Thank you so much. And I think even under 15 minutes, we covered a lot of ground. Thank you so much, as always, for your insights. Thank you, Aurelia. And before we leave, um, a quick remark. Um, many of our listeners might know this because you're probably on the distribution list for it. However, it should be mentioned that Till writes a market commentary regularly. The latest one was released yesterday for us it is indeed today on thursday um should you be interested in reading a bit more about you know tilt's perspectives insights and um yeah just a bit more detail about all the things we just discussed you can find it on our website www.bergos.ch slash we also post this on linkedin and various channels so um yes absolutely go and take a look at the market commentary till again thank you so much Wonderful weekend ahead, I hope, and the same to all of our dear listeners. Have a lovely weekend, and we will be back with Bergos now next week on Friday. Bye-bye.